Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 6, Episode 10, Chapter 105, Folk Heroes. To get the town of Riverdale out from under Percival's grip, Archie Jughead and Betty devise a plan to turn Archie into a modern folk hero. Percival takes aim at Veronica, Tony, and Tabitha. This episode is fine. It's very boring. I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't say boring, but it's it, there's a lot of things happening to maybe do things for people later. Like maybe I mean, okay, there are two things in this episode that I like in terms of setting up for our big confrontation. And that is one, we got to see Percival actually doing the thing, doing the mind control thing. That's always nice. Yeah, like we've we it's been implied, but we're actually seeing him do it. And then Cheryl actually got powers like not just like witchy powers but like powers (laughs) which is interesting it's it's it is interesting um so yeah it's interesting bizarre yeah but i mean if you're gonna give cheryl powers why not do it in the weirdest way possible sure because they don't know what else to do so whatever i think we're just gonna have to talk about this one i don't have a whole lot to say same uh we start with jughead at his typewriter and he's talking about heroes. Uh, some are born on the gridiron and baseball diamonds. Others ripped from the pages of comic books. But then there are folk heroes, champions of the common people. And so we get like just a lot of visuals. And he essentially says we need a modern day folk hero. Can I throw in, why is Rosa Parks a folk hero? Folk really implies everyday people. Who do amazing things. I, I get that, but the, Johnny Appleseed and John Henry make a lot of sense. Sure. That's a that's sort of a folk legend built out of a story. Rosa Parks is a very different story. Oh, completely agree. And I'm just like, that one's a weird ad, guys. I, I don't think it completely correlates other than many people would call Rosa Parks a modern day hero. Okay. I... Not 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 so much a folk hero, but a modern day hero. Yeah. And that's completely valid and appropriate. But I also think it's a little bit of signal pointing towards what's going to happen with Tabitha. So then we cut over to the casino and Percival's there to talk to Veronica, who's very not interested in speaking to this man. He has decided that he wants to live at the casino because he has stepped down as deputy and he's going to run a curiosity shop. So that's where he's been when he's writing his notes and we really couldn't identify the location. It's like, we haven't been here before. Uh, so I, that's his curiosity shop. It doesn't officially have a name yet, but whatever. Well, I'm sure we'll find out next episode. Pickens peculiarities. I was about to say something to that effect <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, it tracks. Veronica's like, yeah, right. This is not happening. Uh, you came after me in my cas- casino the second you arrive in town. He's like, look, I underestimated this place. And, you know, I'm less concerned with matters of law and order. So I can pay a year's rent, a year's back rent, and a year's security deposit today in cash. And also not to step on Kevin Keller's toe, but I'm quite the crooner. <laughs> to which Veronica's like, Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've sung at Caesar's Palace, Sydney Opera House, Moulin Rouge. Not to brag, but the ladies love me. Confidentially, so do the men. And at this, Veronica's just kind of like, cash, you said? 
<laughs> like cash it is. She didn't hear anything after the I have three years worth of payment for this suite in cash. Which she desperately needs. Yep. She desperately needs. We go over to Thornhill and Britta is leaving. Um, this is actually kind of sweet. Cheryl's like, are you sure? And she goes, yeah, when my parents heard about you wanting to adopt me, they thought about it and they're ready to accept me for who I am. Uh, to which Cheryl says, in that case, Godspeed. Thank you. If it hadn't been for you, I'd still be trapped in Abigail Blossom's mind. And so you'll always have a place here. And they hug and Nana could care less and rolls her eyes at all of this. <laughs> but it is sweet. I really do hope that this isn't the end of Britta because I feel like if you remove all the Tony bullshit uh, and the, the trying to retcon Abigail and Thomasina with Cheryl and Tony, Cheryl's taking in of Britta and then caring for her, even though she really treated her um, more like a servant as opposed to like my ward is actually very sweet and is at the heart of what she needed from her mom. Like she just needs someone to take care of her and like treat her like a person. So I feel like that has been a better way to rehab Cheryl. And so I hope that isn't just lost. I hope the actress isn't just gone. So if she's on to bigger and better things, good for you for getting out of Riverdale like could. <laughs> <laughs> but for ca- character wise, I would like to see that stay. I know. I just I feel like this is such an easy write off. It's it feels like a write off. It feels like mm. a. This person has to go away, so let's make a very nice way to send her out. I feel like Britta's going to have to come save Cheryl. Mm, well, as, maybe. As proof that Cheryl does have that goodness in her. But, you know, she's gone right now. We go over to the El Royale, and Percival is giving his uh, proposal for Pickens Park. It was once magnificent and has sadly become blighted, drug, crime, and worse. So it's going to have new playgrounds for children, repaved pathways for cycling, and where it stood before, a glorious new statue of my ancestor, General Pickens, the man credited with taming these wild lands. So we all know where this is headed. It's not good. It's not good. Archie comes in with just, you can't be serious, right? General Pickens was a homicidal maniac who slaughtered the Tana tribe. We all learned about that in high school. I love that they put that line in. <laughs> One. Because it's a good reminder to the audience, but also it's very, very jokingly like, yeah, back when I was in high school four years ago, <laughs> uh, we had two we had, years ago. <laughs> I mean, not really, but they had this. It was a whole thing for one giant episode. <laughs> but also, I feel like this line is also pointing towards my theory that we are in Jug's comic book because yeah. that is a comic book line. Yeah. I, all of that does make sense, but it also is could just be Riverdale doing a dumb nod. The other thing I like about this conversation is it is also very timely. Um, a lot of people are having these conversations in their backyard um, regarding, you know, changing the names of buildings, schools, uh, having statues removed. So that is important. It's incredibly important. It needs to happen. Especially the statement that Tabitha says, I think before anything is approved, it's important to remember why the statue was removed in the first place. Uh-huh. For a lot of people in Riverdale, General Pickens isn't a hero, but rather an offensive reminder of our town's dark history. 
which again, like totally appropriate. And again, very timely. So Percival kind of interrupts this discussion, you know, says, okay, we'll revisit this, but let's move on to the next order of business, which is the new town sign. It's been updated and improved by the majority of this council, but with the new design, they won't have room for the town slogan, home of the pops chocolate shop. So we'll have to lose that to which Tabitha is pissed as she should be. I mean, he's going to go after literally everybody in the goddamn town. That's what he's going to do. Again, I like that the showing of the town sign is in keeping with what we got in the comic book episodes in Rivervale. We got a new town sign every episode. So this is kind of like keeping in that kind of where things are bleeding together. I buy into this theory, but what is the end game? Who the fuck knows? (laughs) I guess that's where I go is I'm like, Okay, fine. You can you can set up all this structure, but then what's what what is that gonna mean at the end of it? We don't know, David. <sighs> They're just gonna pull it out of their ass again, like they always do. Mm, I don't know. Seems to be working for them occasionally. <laughs> so after this, Tabitha just goes right to first of all, like, what's your problem with me? Which again, keeping with what we've learned about Tabitha is. She says what she thinks. Like, there's not a lot of difference between what she thinks and what she says. She's not putting on anything. This guy's coming after her. She's going to go talk to that guy directly. I really love this because this is this is a character trait we don't have in anybody else. Mm-mm, no. No. Like, you got a problem with me? I'm going to go talk to the person. Like, I'm not going to go talk about it with everybody. I'm going to go talk to the person. Tabitha is a businesswoman. Tabitha is an adult. <laughs> She ha- she is and has been ever since we met her. Exactly. So Percival's just like, no, I'm not your enemy, but you should be fighting someone who is an actual threat to your livelihood, her casino. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, probably shouldn't say anything, but the council's holding a special meeting to approve a billboard promoting the Babylonium. Now, since that stretch of highway is only zoned for two billboards, the towns and one other, Shouldn't you be fighting to make sure that Pop's advertisement is there? To which she's like, fuck. What a dick bag. Yeah, which also I want to point out, all we fucking do is go to town council meetings. I well, yes. They have like it's like where before they might have had them like once a month. They're having them like twice a week, all the live long day. I mean, it this is what democracy looks like. But is it democracy? It is. This is not democracy. It's inconvenient, but it is. (laughs) So we go over to Archie's house and the mutants are talking. Betty with the sunglasses. Every time. (laughs) It's so funny. It's I I, I almost feel like they're getting larger with every scene. (laughs) They're not. But it's just funny because it's almost like Lily's overacting with her body. Because she can't use her face as much with the glasses on. And I'm here for it because it's very fun. We, we know how much Lily loves to use her eyes and her face and everything. Well, she's very good at it. I also have to point out that Cole's hair is pissing me the fuck off. Because where it's usually 
Archie with dip dye this week. It's Cole and his dip dye hair where I can see like, like it is bad. Like it's not even just roots. It's just, this is not consistent hair color. And it makes me feel like maybe he wasn't permanently dyeing his hair black in this section of filming so that he could do promotional stuff for moonshot or like do all of that shit with the more natural looking hair color. I don't know, but it's bad. It's I mean, I didn't, I didn't notice that so much as I noticed like KJ's hair is like dark crimson now. (sighs) The hair is the color changes every episode. It lit. Oh, it does. It changes based on how recently he went and got it colored. It totally does. So ridiculous. I mean, one anybody who's ever dyed their hair red, that's just the way it is. It is the hardest color to maintain consistently. And especially when you have jet black hair like KJ does. Yeah. <laughs> no, like he is he's going to be so light. like he's probably going to just shave his head when the show's over just so what everything that grows back is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. How much processing and crap his hair has been through and uh-huh. he'll probably relish not having to go to the salon every 2 weeks. Sweet sweet Archie. Anyways, they're talking about how do we fight mind control? And Jughead has been doing some research. <laughs> He's been reading a parapsychology book that state that some scientists think you can actually resist mind control through something called an emotional anchor. So they talk about that a little bit, but Betty makes it very clear. So if I were one-on-one with Percival, I would just think about my mom or Polly. And he's like, yeah, before he gets his hooks on you, yeah, you might be able to resist. Cool. This is very much exposition for what we find out later, but it's important. It's good. Uh, yes, and none of this is abnormal. Where they go with it feels weird. A little bit, but uh, Jughead has a plan. We're going to turn Archie into a modern day folk hero. And Archie's like, huh? <laughs> like you're the closest thing that we have. You can rouse the people towards good. And what's better than a homegrown son of good Fred Andrews, champion of the common folk? And even Archie's like, not everybody looks at me that way. Oh, they will. Once you win back their hearts and minds. <laughs> like, I really like Carnival Parker Jughead in this episode. It's pretty great. So he knows somebody with Guinness Book of World Records. They're going to come over and watch him with his feats of strength. And, oh, are you still in touch with K.O. Kelly? Because we might need his help. Which, why? Like, Because they I, can. I know. It's like, the show is canceled. <laughs> Let it go. Let it the fuck go. Your shows are getting canceled because they're crap. Well, I, I honestly, this is more of a, well, we need somebody for him to fight against. Why not bring in this actor and do him a solid so he can, you know, have a little screen time? No, no, that's fine. In a world where the show Katie Keene or Sabrina never existed, but they <laughs> brought it, but they did the, they had the, like, talk to my friend Katie Keene. Oh, let's bring in K.O. Kelly. This would be a hilarious in-universe thing to be doing and would also be a better call out to Jughead's comic, which I've just now realized how they're going to piece this all together because Sabrina season five is being done as the comic book because that show got canceled at Netflix. Katie Keene also canceled on the CW. That's how we're tying this all in. Roberto is going to retcon all three of these shows as being in the same universe through this this lens. 
Archie multiverse. It is the Archie multiverse. It is an a- that is an actual thing. Yes, but that's what he's doing with this season and probably next season to retcon those other two shows of his that got canceled. Well, why not? Why not? I mean, regardless, validate my theory. <laughs> I am validating your theory. I am agreeing with you. Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> But regardless, I think the the more interesting thing here is Jughead is missing something very key to the character of Archie that would actually make him win the hearts and minds of the town. Mm -hmm. It's not making him a myth. It's making him Archie. The more indestructible he is, the more distant people can feel from Archie. I don't know that that's necessarily true. The more indestructible Archie is, the less he the less he moves away from his true self. But that would not necessarily mean he's pulled away from the people. And also, you have to remember that Archie's whole life, this is who he's been. I just there there's a flaw here that I think is going to get exploited later on in the story where Jug realizes, oh, wait, the way for Archie to win this is to actually point out how far Percival takes this because Percival just about fucks up in every way possible in this episode. No. He gets lucky. He does get lucky, but that's not... I don't know. That is way too deep and not what the whole point of this story is going to be. The point of this story is going to be when we work together and we take care of each other, we can overcome the big bad guy. That's that's what the big thing is going to be, ultimately. We go over to Cheryl and she's at her altar and she starts sweating like it's like oh it's burning up she's been chatting at abigail you know you'll never get out of that porcelain cage and as she's heating up she pulls a handkerchief from her bosom which like really really (laughs) really it's cheryl well no yeah because you're not abigail anymore you're cheryl this makes no sense and um basically she bursts into flames and then she wakes up from sleeping screaming Riverdale well that's not good so now I go to another town council meeting that's Mm -hmm. all we fucking do and Archie says hey this place is no longer available for town hall meetings and uh, everyone's a little bit like what I'm I'm reopening it as a boxing gym for local kids Percival is pissed it's like are we sure this is a prudent idea and Archie explains the El Royale started out as a boxing gym for a while. It was a youth center. This will combine my my two passions, physical fitness and serving and inspiring the community. Which Jughead jumps in immediately. Jughead becomes Carnival Barker and continues on this. And also he has comic book Jughead pants on. (laughs) These are comic book Jug pants. All you have to do is put the crown back on his fucking head, which it's coming. It is fucking coming. Of course it is. It is. No doubt in my mind. Uh, yeah. He is in those com- those comic book pants. That it's the it's the brown plaid. It just ugh. I just could not see anything else once that happened. But they just explain that we're gonna it's gonna be world famous and it's gonna be great. And everyone should come watch Archie perform a set of feats of human endurance. Oh my god. Uh, he's going to be the man of iron. Uh, Cole's being so hammy this entire time. Yeah, he's good at that. He really is. Hammy Jug is great. 
<laughs> he he is. I mean, Coulson, I mean, he grew up doing Disney Channel. <laughs> this is this is this is a Zach very and Cody own... hammed it up all the time too. This yeah. is a honed skill. Pretty much. I'm not shitting on him for this. It's fun no. and it works. It's one of his super special skills. That's why he's made it to this level. Yes. <laughs> we go back to Thornhill and Cheryl's temperature is at 108. Ooh. And she's talking to Nana and she's like, oh, I felt like I was burning alive. And she's like, thank you for taking care of me. And Nana's like, I'm not taking care of you. I got to keep vigil over this doll. And it's prisoner, Abigail, I'll hire a night nurse to minister to your needs. <laughs> Which is like, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? I also want to point out that Cheryl is back to wearing her iconic spider brooch. Of course. I do love Cheryl being like, oh, well, thanks, Nana. <laughs> thanks. Uh, we go over to the Cooper house and... Veronica and Tabitha are sitting there with their proposed billboards and they're just kind of waiting in the living room. And then Percival, Alice and Frank come out from the basement and they're like, we're going with Babylonium. Pops represents the past and we want to look towards the future. Percival reminded us that a casino promises more revenue for the town of Riverdale, uh, short and long term, to which Tabitha is just like, this is bullshit. Yeah, it is. Uh, and then Percival adds, we hope you understand Pops will always be part of Riverdale's legacy. There's that word. Yep. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I know you're listening to us, writers. It's happening. <laughs> um, yeah, that that made me laugh really hard. And Tavis is like legacy. Yeah, but also it's present and future Percival. Count on it. And so she leaves. She's clearly pissed. And Veronica's definitely like, this is fucking awkward. And I was not expecting this to go my way at all. She's like, this doesn't track at all. She's definitely suspicious. She is suspicious. Which is good for her. <laughs> yeah, she's very suspicious. Like, there's a part of me that wants her to be overtaken by Percival. But at the same time, I really love that she's just like, I'm immune to this because I've done nothing but grow up around this crap. I, that is the most amazing part is like everybody has superpowers except Veronica. What is Veronica's superpower? She's a fucking lodge. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's funny. And so they decided let's go over to the El Royale to see what Archie's feats of toughness are. Oh my God. So we go there and it's basically a carnival and it's a bunch of strong man crap. Uh, he lays on a bed of nails and they put a bunch of like concrete slabs on top of them. Um, it's definitely beefcake Archie time. And this is a callback to the Maple Festival. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Both in the styling and the beefcakeness. Because remember the log saw with Archie and Reggie? Yes. So yeah, this is definitely pulling that in. Um, he gets sledgehammered to the abs. Um, he gets locked in a freezer and everyone thinks this is awesome. They are cheering and Percival is fucking pissed. He's like, this guy's a problem. Like I knew he was a problem, but everybody fucking loves this guy. This is not good for me. I also have to give a special commendation to the faces that both Cami and Lily are making this entire scene. Yeah, they're like, this dude's hot. <laughs> a little bit that, and then also when they're hitting him with sledgehammers, being like, oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's just like extreme. Uh, what? Even Veronica being like, I'm not into him anymore, but God damn, he is hot. <laughs> she will always be into him, but she's like, I appreciate the ab work. Of course. Who 
who doesn't in that you know room? What? KJ, you're doing the work. Good for you. And good. <laughs> and you know what? Good for your trainers who are helping you out. Um, which he did. He did make an Instagram post, like thanking like the crew people who like who always make me look way better than I actually am. It's true. <laughs> Y'all are doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Uh, so later in the office, Jughead and Archie are chatting and well, it's official. You are the world's toughest man. How's it feel? And Archie's like, you know, my dad used to keep a copy of that book in the John. So pretty good, I guess, <laughs> which is cute. Uh, he's like, I don't think anyone asked many questions about my feats. And Jughead's like, I feel like we erred on the right side of credulity, <laughs> which, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, they also noticed that Percival was pissed mm-hmm. and Jughead explains that um Archie's statue is almost ready and Archie's like huh <laughs> you're, you're being too modest I um had a sculptor friend in New York make one and K.O. Kelly has agreed to the fight so he's where it's gonna be great <laughs> so Archie's a little concerned about the fight he doesn't want to hurt K.O. because again Archie is still Archie he doesn't want to hurt people he only wants to do good and, you know, Jack explains that, like, KO is a professional and his whole thing is that he knocks out every opponent that he fights. So all you have to do is stay standing by the time the bell rings. You get the Rocky victory. Yeah. So it's an inspirational victory and the legend of Archie Andrews will just build and build. We go over to the White Worm and Tabitha and Tony are not making money. No. You know, everybody's hanging out at the casino. Why would they buy drinks when the club gets them out for free? So it's just, it's not great. Um, but one of the things is we're not in direct competition for the casino. Tabitha's like, you know, white worm in the casino. Yeah, that makes sense. But Pops isn't. So why is it eating into my customer base? And they're like, well, have you been? No, I haven't had time. I was like, okay, I think it's time we paid a visit. Mm-hmm. Cool. We go over to Thornhill. And this really hot guy named Darius is there. Um, <laughs> thank you for watching over my literally hot body whilst my Nana keeps her own vigil in the chapel. Like, that's classic, Cheryl. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, All of this is very classic, Cheryl. Yeah, literal hot body. Like, it's great. And he's like, you know, I hope you get a good night rest. Hopefully your fever will have broken uh, by morning. From your pillow, we lips, Darius. yeah cool he is the literal hunkiest dude with absolutely no charisma not really i kind of love it nope he is he is 100 percent himbo Mm -hmm. we go to the casino and percival is singing oh my god and like if it this this is where i feel like the sync on his voice and the track are definitely not good at all well, he's um, also not that good. <laughs> well, he's not horrible, but he's no. not great. Uh, the girls are way overdressed for this casino. <laughs> like, y'all going to prom? What's up? No, thank you. And the hors d'oeuvres that are being passed around is diner food. It's sliders, tater tots, and pigs in a blanket, and they're all on the house. Uh-huh. And then she's like, what's this? And she sees someone passing out liquor-infused milkshake shots. And they're like, would you like one? Tabitha's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I really liked how like pissed Tabitha got 
Tabitha has a very slow burn. Like it takes a lot for her to get angry, but once she's angry, fuck. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. That that made me. I, I wish it had been more of a. She's about to curse really bad, and they just cut. <laughs> right after uh, Percy winks at them. We go back to Thornhill. Cheryl's waking up. She goes, "Oh, I feel so much cooler and fresher. Suit must have <gasps> Darius." And it's it's just feet because everything else is burnt. Sweet, sweet himbo nurse is just you just gone. You burnt to a crisp. And she goes running to Abigail. And Nana's in there. She goes, what's going on? She goes, poor Darius has been burned to a crisp. He's nothing more than a pile of ash. I'm certain it's Abigail. And Nana's like, the doll hasn't twitched all night. And so Cheryl touches her hand to the glass. She goes, pull to the touch. What new bedevilment is this? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I love it. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. But I kind of love it. Yeah. It's entertaining, to say the least. We go back to the El Royale and K.O. Kelly is showing up. They're, they're just broing. <laughs> is it uh, me or did K.O. Kelly get more jersey? I feel like he did get a little more jersey. I feel like he was just so bro the first time we met him. And now he's like, I'm K.O. Kelly. Archie asked him if he wants to help him set up the ring. And he's like, no, Katie told me about Veronica's new casino. So I'm gonna go check it out. And Archie's like, okay, cool. So, you know, that explains where he's going. We go back to Thornhill. And Betty's there. She's like, will you call? And I came. So what am I looking at? And she <laughs> explains what's happening. And Betty's just like, well, I, there are pieces of bone in here. And why didn't his feet burn? So why don't I gather what's left of Darius and bring him to Dr. Curdle Jr.? That's step number one. And Cheryl's just like, okay. Lily is so funny in this episode. <laughs> I really like uh, Mutant Betty because she's gotten really sassy. <laughs> she's, she's got her hands out with the gloves like, I uh, wh- uh, what am I looking at? <laughs> mm. What the fuck is this shit? We go back to Pops and Tabitha and Tony are sad. And they're like, how do we compete with this? And Tabitha's like, Veronica's clearly prioritized profit over friendship. So I say we do the same in Tina. So... Tabs is like, I could apply for a liquor license and start serving alcohol, placing all of my orders to the white worm, of course. And then Tony's like, I could install a couple of slot machines downstairs and meet maybe even a craps table. But what do we do about live entertainment? We need an act that will get people talking and fast. And Tabs is like, well, I could resurrect the singing diner idea. And Tony's got another idea. She's like, there's an old tradition that's due for a Cirque du Soleil type reinvention. And Tabs is like, what's that? It's a little thing we call the serpent dance. Oh. Why did she say Cirque du Soleil? Okay, so later they've got people pole dancing. It's a burlesque. It is burlesque. And that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh. Cirque du Soleil had a very successful burlesque show called Zumanity. It has since closed. The pan- it, didn't, it didn't last for the pandemic and they decided not to reopen it. Okay, fine. But... The serpent dance oh, is gross in and of itself. Just are our, our, the flashback of Betty in that yeah. episode. And it's, it's like, just like, this is a literal <laughs> child. At least these are grown women where yes. that Betty was an actual child. So, yeah, I'm really not into this. I, there's a whole lot going on there. Plus, 
when we get to it later, it's like there's no acrobatics. Like there's when no. We, when we get back to it, it is hot, hot garbage. <laughs> there, there's no. There's not. It is crap. It is Whatever. absolute garbage. <laughs> I mean, oh, <laughs> uh, this show's so dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go back to the casino, and Veronica is just sitting in her office, and Percival comes in. She goes, "I, I, I don't deal with maintenance issues. Okay, go away." I love Veronica for that line. I I do too. And he's just like, hey, I think we should be partners. She's like, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, Percival's like, okay, well, maybe I can become an investor and help take Babylonian onto the next level. And Veronica's like, yeah, I already have a partner. He's like, oh, yeah, where's he? I haven't seen him. And she explains he's at Mantle Motors. He's helping his dad. Um, I don't mean to cause trouble, but are you sure that's where he is and what he's doing? Cut the crap, Percival. Is there something that you know that I don't? Veronica is not okay with passive aggressiveness. Yeah, and he's just like, um, I shouldn't say anything else. You should really see this for yourself. So we cut to Mantle Motors. Hi, Peter New. Nice to see you again. You get actual lines this episode. You do. He did. He got to say words. (laughs) And they're 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 playing, they're gambling at the table, and he's got slot machines. And Reggie's just like, this is just a scam, like one of many that we've run. I just borrowed the machines. She goes, you know what? Keep them. Um, But you're barred for the Babylonian. He's like, no, you can't. I'm half owner. She's like, show up and see what happens. Also, you're banished from my bed. Definitely banished from my bed. Yeah. I'm like, damn, Veronica. Yeah. I kind of like how mad she got at him. Yeah, she don't give two fucks. She is on a fucking tear in this episode, and I'm here for it. It's because she is now her dad. Yes. She is no fucking better than her dad, and she knows it. This is her throwing a pity party and setting everything on fire. A little bit. I'm interested. It feels like they're headed in a slightly different flavor with her. Sure, but that's where she, that's where her head is at in these moments, in this that is first fair. half of the episode fuck you and fuck you and fuck you because everything's fucked. Like, that's yeah. where she's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm like, can we please keep this energy but then also have Veronica realize, yeah, I don't want to be exactly like that <laughs> with right. everyone. <laughs> I need to take the skills I've learned from my father and use them for good. Let me harness this energy for something better for Riverdale. Sure. Because that's going to be the, like, that is where Veronica's not, I don't believe is going to get any like special powers because she already has special powers. She has these skills she learns from her dad. She can wheel and deal, but she's doing it for all the wrong reasons. It's always to get back at somebody. It's always to, you know, get the jump and she needs to learn how to be happy with being the middle. Not being mm-hmm. the best, not having the most. That's what she has to learn from this. And Archie and the, you know, the mutants, as I've been referring to them, they have other things that they need to learn with their, like Archie needs to learn to not always punch. Punching can feel good, but it does not fix the problem. No. Jug- Jughead definitely needs to listen more. He needs to investigate more. That's where he does his best writing when he's paying better attention. And Betty, like, yes, she can see these auras, but she also has to be able to back it up. She needs to close her eyes and feel it. That's what all these things are. Yeah. And it's and it's not just that, but Betty also needs to know her blind spots. Exactly. And she is blinded by things. Yep. And she is typically blinded by her own biases against people. 
So yeah, like that's what all of these are foreshadowing. That's what all of these things are for. Cheryl's is, I think, more of like, look at all the bullshit you've been through and you've still come out the other side. You've got to believe in yourself that you have you have power over this trauma. Like you are bigger than what's happened to you. And lo and behold. (laughs) Yeah. And like they 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 that one was pretty obvious because Betty straight up calls her a phoenix. But yeah, that's what's going on here. Uh, We go over to the morgue and it's spontaneous human combustion. (laughs) That's it. Uh, Betty goes back to Thornhill. So this is what's going on. I love that Dr. Curdle just walks us through spontaneous human combustion as a concept. Every Dr. Curdle segment now is just what weird medical obscurity are we going to learn about this time? Yeah. So Betty goes back to Thornhill is like, hey, this is what's going on. And I'll stay here to make sure that you don't explode. Cool. Okay. Because Cheryl is freaking out. (laughs) Fair. Uh, We go over to the El Royale. And it's just Archie and it's just Percival. And he starts talking through through his thoughts to Archie. Now, the cool thing about this is that we can see that Percival isn't actually talking. It's tel- it's telepathy. Mm. And he's telling Archie, take that box cutter and press it into your arm. I want to see your blood pooling all over this lovely floor. So Archie takes it and he's pressing it into his arm and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And then Archie gets a glimpse of the portrait of Fred. And so he starts focusing on him. And then we have a quick little uh, flashback. Just like, it's just like a moment of Archie and Fred together. And Archie's back. He's got his emotional anchor. And the blade breaks. And then Percival, in his normal voice, not that echoing sound, says, that's not possible. Right, let's try that again, shall we? And Archie goes, I don't think so. You took your shot and you missed. And Percival just runs away. It's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Like literally, like if he could have been a flailing cartoon at that moment, that's what would have been. This is this is the fun part is like realizing that Percival, for the complete and utter manipulative asshole he is, has a flaw. And his flaw is his fucking arrogance. Well, he it doesn't look like he's run into these issues before. No. <laughs> At least not in the modern day. And he's he's like, oh no, oh no. Yeah. Uh, we go back to the casino and Percival's just kind of like womp, womp, about his day with Veronica. And he's like, I'm sorry you had to find out about Reginald's betrayal this way. If it's any consolation, I've had a rather frustrating evening myself. Mm-hmm. Have you been to the White Worm recently? <laughs> and then we cut to them. At the White Worm, and Veronica is Monica right now because she's wearing her blonde wig. <laughs> and this is so fuck. It's just god awful. Like, okay, first of all, the song they picked, bad, bad song. The rendition of said song, also horrible. And this choreography. Well, you're saying Private Dancer as a song is bad? No, no. Private Dancer by Tina Turner, fabulous. Thank you. Fabulous song. This song for this moment, horrible. This rendition of this song, also horrible, because you didn't turn it into a pop dance hit. That, that's the problem here. That, I think the song's fine. It's, it's a silly joke, but I think it's fine if you make it work. Yeah, well, this version of the song doesn't do it, and their choreography Ooh. is so bad. And I know those two girls can dance, and they, uh-huh. it's, it's like season one Veronica. You made this girl look like she can't dance, and I know they can. This is awful. 
We see Tony do it later in the episode. Eh, that's still not as great. And that's much more close up. I get that's it. definitely more pole dancing as opposed to like actual like dance, dance choreography. And I'm not shitting. I'm not shitting on a burlesque pole dancing. That is a fucking sport. Just yes. like regular dances. It's just different. It's just different. It's not a musical number. <laughs> exactly. I know those girls can dance. Y'all are better than this moment. I forgive you as people, but not the choreographer. <laughs> You're in trouble. You're in timeout. Anyway, whole scene's ridiculous. Yeah. We go back to Thornhill and Cheryl is just like basically on fire. She's in a bathtub and Betty keeps like pouring water in and pouring ice in. And she's like, we like you're boiling alive. Um, the water should be pulling the heat out of your body. We just got to see if it dissipates. And <sighs> that's just that's just what we're going to do. And Betty's like, oh, I'm also going to talk to someone in the FBI that specializes in this phenomenon. Okay. I just, Cheryl's just like, so what, we have to keep doing this until I die? Pretty much. (laughs) Betty, God bless Lily. You're not going to die, Cheryl. Yeah. It's honestly kind of sweet because this is the first time in a long time Cheryl's actually been scared that something bad's going to happen to her. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, she wasn't thrilled about being an Abigail. Yeah. But like, on the other hand, she's kind of like, yeah, this this was foreseeable. But this is just like, I am I just going to die? Is that what's going to happen now? Yeah. And Betty's just being, stop it. So Archie and his dip die talk to Jughead. With his dip die. And <laughs> he just tells him what happens with Percival. He's like, you know, um, if he catches us or anyone by surprise, we're vulnerable. So let's start dealing with this. After the fight with KL. Sure. And, you know, I'm just like, yeah, it's going to be great. And then we're going to drive him out of town. Old school scoundrel style. (laughs) Which is very cute. Scooby do it up, boys. Yep. Then we cut to Pops. And Pop himself, who we haven't seen in a little bit, he's taking out the trash. And he turns around and there's a guy peeing on, like, the wall. Oh, Pop. And he's just kind of like, ugh. (laughs) Fair. I mean, totally fair. And so then we cut down to the white worm and Tony is doing the serpent dance on the pole and people are enjoying this show. And then Fangs comes in and he's not pleased. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yep. So then we cut back to the casino and it's dead in there. I suppose it's no wonder since the chocolate shop and the white worm have declared war on us. And Veronica's like, what, us? (laughs) She's like, "I'll, I'll think of something I usually do. And Percival's like, you should show strength. Teach Tabitha and Tony a lesson. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, always. I think we should firebomb the hell out of them. (laughs) Like, like all these things are happening really fast. We cut back to Pops and Tabitha sees Pops. She's like, is everything okay? And he says, no, this is going too far. I know what you're trying to do, but liquor in our family restaurant. And like you can tell that Tabitha is devastated because she she knows that Pops is disappointed. It's the thing of like there's a, it, there's a line for Pop. There's mm-hmm. a line. That this is a line, which fair. Like, like that's I cool. Don't, I I I think it's a little silly to get up in arms about liquor, but the flip side is Pops really more about like that's not who we are. <laughs> yeah, no, like he was fine with the liquor being downstairs, but now liquor in pops is different it's different yeah, there it was is. that was that was the line and that's fair totally fair because it's a different vibe uh we go downstairs and fangs is like what's going on tony it's like i just got out of jail now you're in a remake of showgirls i'm all for doing whatever it takes to make a buck 
and I don't mean to be a prude, but we're in a custody battle for baby Anthony. And how do you think this looks? Kind of love this from Fangs. Which is totally fair. It's like, I ain't got a problem with if this is how you're making money. I don't have a problem with that. But the situation we're in, this isn't great. It's the beautiful thing for Fangs of like, I was so scared we were going to go down that bad road. And nope, Fangs saves right. it. It was just like, hey, can we not right now? Now, now is not a good time for this. <laughs> so, and she says, I'm sorry, which I also don't love the showgirls reference because that makes it feel trashier than it actually is. And man, showgirls is a great story. It just needs to be done with good writers. It is. It's a great story. I love it. We go back to the casino and Veronica's like, what did you say? Firebomb <laughs> pops in the white worms. I don't know who you think I am, Percival, but I'm not my father. And you, you're smooth and charming, but you overplayed your hand. Now get out of my office and be grateful I'm not throwing you out of my champagne suite. Okay, V. So it's just like, oh, okay. That, that is a choice. That is a choice Veronica could make to, to firebomb these people. That's what her dad would do. Yeah. But it's like, oh, fuck no. And he hasn't been using his influence on her. He's just been talking to her because he knows she's vulnerable. <sighs> I think that's a very important distinction. Or is he? And it's just not going through. Well, I think he, I don't know. And are they being very selective as to when they show, a, show him? Like, I almost wonder if you don't hear the echo unless somebody's actually in the thrall. I don't know how that would be helpful to the audience. The only other thing I can think is that he can only do that to people who are ancestors from the town because that is how he is unstuck in time. Ooh, yes. That makes a shit ton of sense, actually. So, like, Frank and Alice are descendants of the town. Yep. So, but Veronica decidedly is not. Nope. It is very, like, we know she's not. So... That doesn't completely make sense with the rest of the town, but you don't, but also it's reasonable to think that like, well, if all of my friends are going along with this, the rest of us can too, but there may be a limit to how much influence he can have on people who are not of the town lineage. It's interesting. There's a few things in this episode even that would make you think, I don't know about that, but I don't know. Maybe we'll have, we'll, we'll have to see. That's an interesting wrinkle. It's definitely at play with yeah. the targeting for sure. Yeah. And it, I think it also shows the effectiveness. He's more effective with people who have that lineage. Yeah. From what we've seen so far, I think, I think that's the case. Because Riverdale has so much potential. He does have so much potential. We go to Mantle Motors. Big Mac has like real lines. And... The wise guys are complaining. It's like playing cards in a funeral home. Lighten up, kid. You're a free man now in complete control of your own future. Yeah, well, Veronica was my future. Which is like kind of sad. <laughs> oh, buddy. And they're like, well, in that case, maybe you take it back. The casino, not the girl. She was garbage. And they're all laughing about that. What do you say? Shut the hell up, you disrespectful punk. And they're like, you want us to deal you in and maybe discuss deepening our partnership? And Reggie's like, yeah, why the hell not? I love the throw in of the hey, Marone. Hey, Marone. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh, man. And Reggie's just all in. All in for scams. Reggie's oh, going to scam. Buddy. Uh, we cut over to Pops the evening. Kale's leaving. He's got his bag of yummy foods. And Percival's like, hey, do me a favor. 
And we cut to the hospital. Archie's running, where's KO? Uh, and he runs into Jughead. He's got a surgery. Uh, he walked right into traffic. I'm like, yeah, let's, we wonder who's responsible. Ring, ring, ring. Archie gets a phone call. It's Percival. You <laughs> snake. And so they make a deal. Whoever wins the fight, because he's going to fight him. We all knew that. Uh-huh. Um you know, like we're we're gonna up the stakes. If I win, you resign from the council. Percival's like, sure. And if I win, I want you personally, you to reinstate my great grandfather's statue in Pickens Park. Great, great. The end. And he's still at the hospital when it's happening. And so he's talking to Jug and he's like, he wants to fight me in the ring. He's gonna try to mind control you in front of the whole town. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I'll be thinking about my dad. Will I beat him into a pulp and send his ass out of Riverdale in a body bag? Archie, Archie, Archie. Yep. That. This and this is where the punchy punchy is a weakness. It is. It is his weakness. I do love that Archie's like, you don't want to fight me. And fucking Percival goes, oh, dude, but I do. He has this line. And I was like, oh, my God, he pulled an Archie talk on Archie. I haven't heard anybody do that. Yep. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut over to the casino. and. Veronica calls Tabitha. She's like, can we meet in person? Hmm. Hmm. We come over to Pops and we meet Agent Drake. She has been wanting to meet Betty since the Starkweather case. Starkweather is the the not blossoms. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, remember Starkweather? And she basically is there to explain. SHC, and it can be described as someone who is manifesting nascent powers of pyrokinesis. And Betty's like, well, what triggers these abilities? And she's like, pretty much what you would expect. Puberty, intense traumas, which again, who has had a lot of trauma? Cheryl. Who has been currently living with more, reliving their trauma? Cheryl. Oh dear God. And so she just kind of explains how your pyrokinetic and how do you discharge your heat? And she's like, do you want some pointers? And Betty's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, please. <laughs> they said this and I literally, I started going, are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. Wow. We cut over to the casino and we see Veronica saying goodbye to Tony and Tabitha. And Percival's watching this and we see them saying, no, thank you. Thank you for the partnership. Oh, and we'll let you know about the slot machines. Absolutely. Bye bye. It's first like, what's going on? Oh, we were reminding each other of who we are. We're like, huh? We're three women and three proud business owners in a small town that need to come together instead of letting itself be ripped apart. We found a way to thread the needle and support one another. And Percival's like, how? I'm giving two of my Babylonian slot machines to the white worm. And in return, Tony is going to give me 10% of what she brings in with them. As for Tabitha, we're going to open a pops booth in the grand lobby and splitting the profits from food sales. Circles rise together after all. <laughs> Which is like, yeah. like That's exactly you, how you do it. That's that's more beneficial than just trying to edge each other out. And Percival's like, oh, well, I have a tip of my hat to you. Very smart how you were able to handle this with Tabitha and Tony. Veronica's like, Oh, I wish I could take credit, but it was Tabitha. She's the one who came up with this three-way partnership and plan. And Percival's like, oh, she's clever, isn't she? Veronica's like, yeah. Not good for Tabitha. No, it's not great. That's that's not going to end great, I don't think. Well, I say that. 
It's just uh, she's she's the next target for sure. Mm-hmm. So we go back to Thornhill and Cheryl just keeps getting hotter. She's at 119 degrees and Betty's trying to tell her, you know, OK, focus on the logs in the fireplace and project the heat that's building up inside onto it. See, focus, visualize. It'll happen. And Cheryl's just like, uh-huh, I can't even think straight. Well, you better get your head in the game, Cheryl, because if you don't, me, you or your Nana are going to burst into flames. Well, he's just yelling at her constantly. <laughs> And so we go over to the boxing match and Archie's feeling pain. He can't, he keeps his tether, but he gets a big old cut to the jaw. We're kind of at the beginning and Percival is trying to use his voice and go like, go lower, lower your guard, Archie, lower your guard and let me win. And Archie's just saying, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. He's thinking of his dad. Obligatory Fred Andrew Feels moment. Fred Andrews feels moments. I appreciate it. It's appropriate. They picked one from when he was boxing. Love it. Great. So then we cut back to Thornhill and Betty is like, you're a phoenix. You thrive in fire. Your brother's corpse was baptized in fire. Your ancestor Abigail, she was consumed in fire. You burn this house down and rebuilt it. You yourself said you control all the elements. Your entire life has been building up to this. And like, she's just like, I love it. I love really intense Betty like this. It's great. It's so fun. I wish there was more Betty Cheryl moments because them together is super fun. Nana's like, she's at 262 degrees. And Cheryl's like, stop yelling at me. She's using one of those thermometers from like across the room. (laughs) Because she's fucking hot as hell. I know, but also it's just very funny the way she does it. It's great. And Turn those logs. 303. Poor Cheryl, just like, I can't do this. Stop yelling at me. (laughs) And so then, so then Betty goes and takes the picture of Penelope and throws it in the fire. Burn your mother, okay? Visualize and make her pay for all the pain that she's caused you. Set her ass on fire. I love that. I was like, that's good. If anyone deserves to burn, it's fucking Penelope. Yeah, Cheryl. Yeah. She's like, you did a great job. You're officially a pyrokinetic. Congratulations. To which the second she does that, she faints. So it took a lot of energy. Sweet, sweet Cheryl. (laughs) Anyway, Archie's getting the shit beat out of him. Yeah, he is getting his ass beat. And as we're getting towards the end, the friends in the audience are like, this isn't normal. Like something else is happening. Mm -hmm. And they're like questioning it. And, you know, Percival wins. Chucka tries to get him to stay down and he won't. Yeah. We cut to the locker room. Betty's there. And she's like, what? Like, wh- what happened? And Archie's like, Percival won the match. The crowd. Archie's not going to get the medal from Guinness. Percival outplayed us. And they're just like, Archie, how could you have lost? And Archie's like, I felt the punches. I felt pain. I bled. How could this have happened? And so like, what about the palladium? Is there any way that he could have gotten it? Betty's like, no, no, no. There's no way he could have found it. Then where is it? I don't know. And so they go look at the where she hit it. And she goes, what? there's no way. And it's not there. And like, how does he know? And then we cut to Percival in his little curiosity shop. And he's writing in his notebook, you know, Archie and vulnerable weakness, like question mark, palladium. And then he takes out of his boxing glove a piece of palladium. And mm-hmm. then we cut to what is obviously a flashback. And it's Alice walking into Betty's room. Thank you, Alice. Now go back downstairs and drink your wine, okay? Yeah, that sounds nice. He's using the voice. He's using the voice. And Betty is sound asleep. And then it's just like, 
your it's like your friend Archie. There's something special about him. You're going to tell me everything, Betty, and then you're going to go back to sleep. You're going to forget I was even here. And Betty nods her head. Uh-oh. So yeah, so like he totally like was like sure. So Betty has no clue how that happened, but it did. And it also is a nice callback to the previous conversation that the three had about like, well, if he get, catches us off guard, he could get us. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he did so as he's looking at his, the piece of palladium in his hand tom shows up and he he hides the palladium in his jacket and he's just like and tom says well archie did it the statue's up wow man of his word to the end huh fancy a stroll tom and so we cut over to cheryl and she's in her altar room and she's looking at abigail and then she sees the candles next to her that aren't lit and she sets them aflame and she smiles and starts reading Firestarter. By Stephen King. Very cute. She does this little <laughs> yay. Uh, so Cheryl has a whole lot more chaos to start now. So let me go over to Pickens Park and Percival's standing there. He's looking at the statue and Tom and Frank are there. And Tom's like, you're so quiet. What's wrong? You won the fight. It's Tabitha Tate. She weighs on me full of false virtue, standing in the way of true progress with that hideous diner of hers. It's not right. I'm afraid to say, gentlemen, the Tate's not long for this new world we're creating. Riverdale. Ew. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It's it's an ew, but it's not in a bad writing way. It's actually perfect. Because again, I love the fact that Percival has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. No. He is just a full-on fucking villain. Which is great. Yeah. But oof, it's just a gross line. Yeah. All right, let's go look watch the next time on. Uh, so next week is titled Angels in America. Uh, oh no. Okay, I did I didn't think of it until I said that out loud, but remember that piece the lucifer episode where tabitha met an angel this is true so that's that's a little bit of calling to that it just feels i'm very nervous because it feels like they're gonna deal with a lot of race issues which at least they're doing it through the lens of an actual person of color but also i'm very nervous because this is riverdale when the 22nd teaser for your episode starts with a portrait of Martin Luther King Jr. And it's the CW. I I'm already, I already am throwing every red flag I have in my pocket. I just am. Especially when you title it Angels in America. I am nervous. What I will say is this. The convention of a character, like this is Slaughterhouse-Five level unstuck in time stuff. Sure. Which again, tie it back to Jug. Yes, he's a big fan of... Slaughterhouse-Five. Yes. And... If they do the jumps that way with Tabitha, where it's, you know, she'll be in a room in one second, something important is happening, and all of a sudden she'll blink and she's in another time. Sure, which it looks like they might be doing. If they do that, and they really do make her unstuck in time, it's such a cool way to tell a story. Like, it really is. It's a great, it's a, it's such a novel concept and way to explore a character. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have no problem with that, and I have no problem... Even if it's more of like a quantum leap thing, but that's just because I love quantum leap. <laughs> sure. I just hate the fact that they so 
obviously pointed mm-hmm. to like this we're going to make a big statement with this episode and I was like we don't have to y'all should not be making big statements like it's... and just like y'all are not the people to make big statements like again have it be tabitha but just make it tabitha's unstuck in time and all these things are happening and if you want to touch on that stuff because it's part of the character that's fine but it shouldn't be first and foremost in your promotion of the episode Mm -hmm. the social commentary aspect of it because this is a dumb supernatural comic book show at this point oh yeah let it be dumb like go all in with the dumb so the titles for through episode 16 have been revealed i don't know if these are official official but a pretty popular account for riverdale released them so it's eh. fingers crossed that this is the end of the season it it would make sense because episode next episode is airing on the 24th so episode 12 which is officially called In the Fog, airs May 1st. So that means there's four more episodes, which would take us through the end of May. Okay. that's That still keeps us on a good trajectory to have season seven premiere in the fall, not like November, December time, but in the typical October with them still getting a little bit of a hiatus. And if season, se- if season seven is the final one, you know they're going to drag that thing out. Well, I mean... Again, we've always said that 13 episodes, 13 to 16 should be their max. Absolutely, my God. And especially with the way this one was structured, they had five that were the special event, which again made complete sense the way they did that. I have no problems with that. Um, And then having the back be 11 episodes, again, makes sense. That's fine. Like, that works. So episode 12 is officially in the fog. Episode 13 is rumored to be ex Libris, so there's going to be some book crimes. Hmm. Number 14, it's called Venomous. Okay. It's going to be with the serpents. Come on. Oh, damn it. I was yeah. hoping for a weird mutant alien crossover. Sure, I know. I mean, Archie becomes Venom, whatever. Amazing. Or we get, Yeah, that'd be great. But it's, come on, snakes. Oh, God, what if Archie was Eddie Brock? I mean, that'd be adorable. KJ <laughs> would have been good casting for that type of role, too. Episode 15, Noises in the Night. And number 16 is called Blue Collar. Okay. So yeah, um, again, the, um, the last five aren't completely official, but it's an interesting place to start. <laughs> Who knows? They could just be working titles that throw us completely off the trail. Sure, that's fair. They have changed titles before. <sighs> um, but yeah, that's where we're at. I guess we just have to brace ourselves for this next episode because I, 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 yeah, I, I'm loath to uh, theorize what it's actually going to do. Because I don't trust them. It's so weird with this one, too, because I'm like, I love the idea of where you could take this storyline, but I sure. hate the way you have presented it to me right now. Right now, I'm <laughs> very nervous because I don't trust you. I don't trust you at all. So until next time. Hashtag Bulldogs Forever. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.